0: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Tonight, we talk about the depth chart that just got a re- released prior to this show, among some few training camp buzz uh, buzzwords that are going around. So uh, grab your Lake Monster beer and join us for a fun show
2: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson. And like every week here on this show, this is sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. Tonight, we're down one man. We kind of keep swapping uh, every week. We haven't haven't quite had the full crew yet, but uh, Ryan... Our co-host is here this evening. Miles is off for the evening as his wife has a birthday today, so good for him. I hope they're celebrating. Um, Ryan, you missed a fun show last week, but how are you doing, and what are you drinking?
0: Um, yeah, drinking some Lake Monster beer here. Um, Depth Charge, I think, is the, the one I'm drinking tonight, um, which okay. you turned me on to. I don't usually like those hazy IPAs, but this one's delicious. So, um, I love Depth Charge. Yeah, I actually uh, tuned into the show last week. Well, after the show, um, I kind of fell asleep to it. Uh, it was a great show. You, Miles, and Eric did a great job. You know, pretty bummed out I missed it, but got to play some softball with some buddies, which is good. And um, good. we did a little celebrating after, since it was the final week. So yeah, it was a good time.
1: Did you win it all?
0: No, we didn't. Oh. But that's okay. That's all right. Brutal. We had fun. Brutal. We had fun while we were doing it. So that's all that's important.
1: Well, uh, we did tell Eric, I know you're sad you missed Eric last week, but we did tell him now that in the huddle um, isn't a thing this season, that we'll make sure his appearances come on this show. Um, so there's more to come um, for from Eric. Uh, Dave. Yes. How are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing quite well. Thank you. We're getting a cool front. We're going to be in the 90s tomorrow, upper 90s. <laughs> I'll be happy.
1: Fair enough. All right. Well, uh,
2: I agree. It sounds literally awful.
0: I was just, I was hating today and it was like 82. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, this is
2: too hot.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, uh, Matt,
2: where are you at right now? That's not your normal I'm, hangout. This
1: is not my normal place. Uh, it's a pretty cool room actually. Uh, if we could swap out some of the pictures with some Vikings gear, but I'm up in the North shore this weekend, uh, with my in-laws. So, uh, still doing the show. I think there's a lot to talk about still. So it's, we've, we've, We've waited long enough to get to this point, um, so any opportunity we can hop on and, and talk. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cancel the show. So, and it okay. is very cool here by the Dave. It's. I think it's like seventy out right now. Maybe ah, sounds awesome. Yeah, and we're right on seventy-one degrees. It's going to get down to fifty-eight tonight. So that's my favorite type of weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get right into it. We had some some fun, eventful news to talk about with the Vikings. Um, as I told Ryan and Dave pre-show, I have not looked at it, but the Vikings released their first official depth chart. So we'll talk about some some key takeaways, anything that we're noticing in that. Um, like I said, I haven't looked at it, so everything's going to be a little bit of a surprise to me. But uh, Ryan, your first reactions to the first official vikings depth chart
0: you know I, I don't really think that there's um too much that's shocking i think about this step chart maybe maybe one and I'll, I'll go into that in a second um you know it's pretty typical for these nfl teams to be able or you know to, to really want to force uh the that their hand to be able to put those rookies in in the first string um, so we, I don't believe we have any rookies that are listed as first string, which is a bit surprising in the Lewis scene uh, category. Just you thought that maybe he would overtake that right away. Um, scene is listed at least as of today as a um, second string. Um, but again, we've talked a lot on this show and other climb in the pocket shows that we're likely going to see a lot of three safety looks anyway. So Cam Bynum, you know, Harrison Smith, Lewis C and are all going to likely be kind of considered starters in general anyway. Um, Yeah. uh, Andrew Booth is, is technically CB four, just because I think uh, Chandon Sullivan occupies that nickel spot. Um, And um, Ed Ingram uh, is our other second round pick is listed as the second string. Now, again, today I hear a lot on Twitter. I wasn't able to attend uh, but uh, from Vikings camp, there was a lot of steam around him running with the ones today over Jesse Davis um, at times. I think they're interchanging back and forth, but um, he did get quite a few looks at um, right guards uh, with the ones today, which is obviously um, a welcoming sign. I, th- I can't remember. I think it might have been uh, Deshaun from Climb in the Pocket here who had mentioned, you know, we, we gave Jesse Davis decent money. Um, to, yeah. really, money to come in here and start. I mean, that was the expectation. And now that we have um, Ed Ingram really forcing their hand to to give him some reps with the ones, must mean that he's doing really well if he's able to kind of, you know, push for that one spot. Um, Asamoah was uh, listed as a second stringer, which I was actually surprised. I thought, take your lap, uh, buddy. Well, I, I know that he's been like Blake Lynch had a run with the one or with the twos. Um, Chaz Surratt, I think today was running with the twos at certain times um, and and uh, Blake Lynch. So I think they've really been interchanging that. So I thought it was interesting that they put him in as the second string um, weak side linebacker. Uh, but that was yeah. cool for me to see, of course, as you know uh, what I'm doing here. Um, and then Evans, um, our fourth rounder, I think he it was listed as a um, as a third string. So uh, he's coming off that injury so we'll kind of see how he's doing. but um, yeah, so I mean no real big surprises. Um, I, I thought maybe Naylor would be a little higher. I think he's one of those, uh, and I know Dave's gonna talk about this in a minute, he's one of those or people that's on the uh, depth, uh, the depth chart, meaning, What I assume it means is they haven't decided who they want to put in that spot as wide receiver six or QB two um, when when they have that OR designation. So, um, but yeah, outside of that, again, not not really any uh, any big surprises. Pretty status quo, and again, it goes to show how fluid these these depth charts are because Ed Ingram's already running with the ones, even though as of today he was listed as a second stringer. So. Uh, it's going to be very fluid. I, I I don't think the listeners here today, uh, should be taking too much stock into this. There's going to be plenty of time for some of these rookies to continue to push for those starting spots, um, or premium backup spots, um, and other players who weren't uh, like as high profile as rookies, uh, to try to earn their, their, their spot on the team.
1: So I, I agree with you and I just quick looked through it. Um, I agree with you on most of it, like, not to take any stock in it. But the fact that, like, the fact they put the ore between Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion is, I don't know. Like, Sean Mannion's a vet in this league. And granted, we've seen him play, and it's not anything... you know, spectacular, right? We saw him in, in Green Bay last year, and it's it's pretty brutal. It's from from what we've heard, it's 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 mainly in the film room, I mean, in the quarterback room where he's an asset to a team. Um, uh, but it is shocking to me a little bit that that they they still couldn't make a distinction. I don't, and I don't know if we've ever seen the or aspect of it, but to put Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion as almost equal playing ground. I think speaks highly of Kellen Mond. Um, at least that's how I interpret it. It speaks highly of Kellen Mond and less so of Sean Mannion. Dave's already laughing.
2: <laughs> you could look at it the opposite way. It speaks lowly of
1: Sean Mannion. That's true, I yeah. guess. I guess.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: I, I mean, do- I – yeah. From from what I've heard from training camp, I don't think either have been very impressive. So um so I don't yeah, I think this is more maybe a slight at Mannion or uh even maybe is- a slight at mind given how bad we watched Mannion play last year. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, but again, also I think they need to see these guys in live games, which we'll see on Sunday.
1: Is Mike Zimmer vindicated? Based on based on this depth chart and, and what we've seen through training camp of Kellen Mond. Because remember, yeah. if we go back to week 17, everyone, everyone was, and I'm kind of taking this a different course here, but we'll come back. But everyone was like freaking out on Mike Zimmer. Play the starter or play the backups. Why, why aren't you putting Kellen Mond in? And Zim's like, I've seen all I need to see of Kellen Mond. Um, I don't need to put him out on that field. And I guess to your point, Dave, based on what we've heard in training camp and having the or next to Sean Mannion, I guess I could see it in that light that, you know, he's not doing that good. We've seen what Sean Mannion is, and Kellen Mond can't even beat that. So I guess I guess in my mind, and this comes from a Zimmer stan himself, but Zimmer's vindicated uh, for not playing Mond in Week 17, like, do you guys agree?
0: No, not yet.
1: <laughs> what? Why not? I'd give I give it the preseason.
0: Well, and again, it's it's not a vindication or like like you shouldn't be vindicated in that situation. He still made the wrong call. I don't care if Colin Montz is the worst quarterback to ever play. You had to like in that moment, you had to see what you had in that moment. Like,
1: no, granted,
0: I like, disagree. Because we, no, I, I, I mean, we can disagree, and that's totally fine. I, you knew that Sean Mannion wasn't anything. You had, you weren't. I mean, obviously, they see Kellen Mond in practice every day, like he had said. So it's not like um, they don't know what they have in him. But you should have given him that opportunity to play live reps with, with against a team in a situation where it didn't really matter anyway. We knew we were going to lose regardless. So why not see what you had in your Uh, again third third round rookie quarterback but yeah that's my mode of thinking I I would assume Kevin O'Connell probably would have made the same call last year as as what I'm thinking just knowing his kind of personality from what we've seen but I could be wrong because if they choose to keep Mannion over Mond or keep Mond at third string then I'm wrong in that situation so
1: Dave I know I haven't let you speak quite yet um so I'll, I'll ask you this question, and then you can give your thoughts on the the whole overall topic. But do you think the Vikings carry three quarterbacks this season?
2: Not all three that are presently on the roster. If they do,
1: because we we have a we have a comment in the chat talking about <laughs> talking about Blake Bortles, which I mean, fantasy god Blake Bortles himself,
2: and Blake Bortles knows the system. Blake Bortles, if you're talking logically, um is the person you'd go after. As much as I'd like to trade for Garoppolo or Gar- Gardner Minshew, you know, as possible backups, Ordles makes the most sense because he already knows the system. Anybody you bring in now is going to take time to spin up. You don't want to bring in somebody, Kirk, say, Kirk. Kirk's knee explodes, and let's hope it doesn't. But say it does, then you're out on the market looking for somebody, and you're paying one. You're paying yeah. way too much for him. But you're going to have to change the offense to whoever that guy is, unless he already knows basically the offense. And the only one out out there that's feasible is Bortles.
1: So or Kellen Mond.
2: <laughs> well, and that's... I
0: mean, and let's just like let's just like call a spade a spade if. if- Cousins goes out we're we're not competing. Like yeah. we're, we're, we're not, not a good enough team man. without no. him. Like, and I, and I guess that probably um, is like a a kudos to Kirk. Like I know he takes a lot of um, he, he takes a lot of crap from all of us fans here. Uh, but we do, I, I think most fans know that without Kirk Cousins, his team is garbage. So it's, um, it's
1: his greatest asset is his durability. Like, is, the fact well, and
0: he's a good quarterback. Like, I mean, he's a very right. good quarterback. Like, it, it, this this isn't uh, – I'm not trying to, like, beat around the bush. Like, he's a good quarterback, and without him, like, the, the downgrade from that is significant. I mean, unless you bring in – I mean, there's no quarterback that's going to be tradable that that is of that caliber. There just isn't. I mean
2: – Yeah. drop los, you know, I, close.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, but you know, that's another 25 mil on the books. Like, you know, you're you're not going to do that, but you know, you, you take a look at like a guy, I don't know. You know, like guys that would be available, Sam Darnold, for example. You don't want to bring 18 million on the books, but like he's bad. Like the the difference between Kirk and Sam Darnold is significant. Uh PJ yeah. Walker, same thing, right? So, if if Kirk's not playing, we're in trouble.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, back to the the big deal ahead, I this. had over this
2: when they put it out, and it's put out by the editor um, of Vikings.com, uh, Craig Peters. This is the first time I have ever seen or ever remembered seeing the use of the word or and have it capitalized, no less, for emphasis. And it's used twice in there. The big one is quarterbacks, where it says we have uh either Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And Kellen Mond was listed first, by the way. That yes, does he make was. a difference. It does but make a difference.
2: It was Do you think so? A big yeah. capital O R. That is unusual. That's weird. I would never seen that before. And then when you get down into the wide receivers and you have between uh, Tristan and uh, Naylor, and it's Tristan or Naylor. And it's like, hmm, one, it's weird to see. Two, does it indicate a cut line? Are the Vikings telegraphing already that they, one, want to keep only two quarterbacks on their roster, and they want to cut the wide receivers at that, I think it was six wide receivers down? at that point and if so why are they indicating that now
1: dave you might be on to something i didn't think about that but you might be onto to something we might already kind of see the roster structure taking place and just like we're obviously over analyzing the ores, but is that their of cut course. line for for positions
0: i mean Maybe yeah it definitely could it be they trying. didn't they didn't do it through any other position groups, no. which is the, like the only other thing, which is weird. You know, I guess like, uh, one of the surprises on that was the wide receiver depth. Uh, Myron Mitchell mm-hmm. was ahead. Well, it was like I think wide receiver six. I want to say uh, behind yeah, he's- the core, the core four, and then we had BC and Mitchell um, over Tristan. Is it Tristan Jackson? Is that yeah, how you say it? Tristan his name? Jackson. Yeah. Um, and then and then Jalen Naylor. And all I'm hearing uh, again from people at camp that I trust that Jackson is just tearing camp up, and BC is tearing camp up, and Naylor is tearing camp up, and I haven't heard one lick about Myron Mitchell.
1: Right. When did we become a a uh, I don't know like a wide receiver like I don't know I felt like I felt Fact. like we paid. Yeah, like it's it's just it's kind of crazy to sit here and look at the, these wide receivers, and we have a plethora of them at this mm-hmm. point. I feel like, um, well, I now, mean, how many idiots are like training high camp? Quality? How right, many it's, it, quality of? it's yeah, training but camp. Yeah, they're
2: higher quality. I mean, we've been running whether it was Thielen and Diggs or Thielen and Jefferson, and then everybody else behind them for the last few years was named Chad Beebe, and we didn't know, you know. Chad Beebe wasn't that good. So, I mean, there was a lack of talent back there. Now we're at least comforted that a lot of these guys, once you get behind Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, which has locked up wide receiver three, Mm -hmm. then you get in the battles for the four and fives, and the four and fives you're switching between a speed guy and a possession guy, which is cool, because you know they're going to rotate in. And then we've got a quality six, seven guys they could possibly move up too. And it's like, we haven't seen that in probably what, since Zimmer took over? Yeah, it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, honestly, it's been I, I don't really long. remember.
0: Because, I mean, we had what, Thielen Diggs? Um,
1: well, Zimmer's, Jarius, Zimmer's Jarius first Wright. year here. We had it Thielen, was Diggs, Wright Jarius and Wallace. Knight.
0: That was a good trio, those three, mm-hmm. Thielen Diggs and Jarius Wright. And yeah. but Jarius Wright by was by far the, the best possession. trio since then.
2: Yeah. yeah, Jarius Wright was more neglected, but he was needed when his possession needed a first down. You can count on Jarius Wright. Jarius Where I'm Wright very comfortable for deep
0: right now. I'm very comfortable with obviously our core three, but then uh, Smith Marsette. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm. He, I hear he's taken like another step forward this year. Um, not yeah. just as a speed guy, but you know, kind of rounding out his game too. So you know, it's very encouraging for us fans.
1: Yeah. Um, any final takeaways from the depth chart? I I think Ryan called out a big one, right? Not really any rookies in the starting lineup, but I think that's I Yet. think that's fair. Yet, right? I think that's fair though. Um, now,
2: question: Which of the rookies is going to start first? I think Ed Ingram. Ingram?
1: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think Ed Ingram is, a, is a good bet. Based on, I would. St- you know, I would actually say Booth Junior. overseen at this point.
0: The only way I can see him starting is if they put like Pat Pete in the in the nickel or something. Because I'm again, I'm not there. I'm not watching camp every day. But like Luke Braun, uh, or I, no, I think it was a, no, it was um, um. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Um. Anyway somebody had mentioned that Dantzler has put together like four incredible days in a row Mm -hmm. and, and that was backed up today with another really strong day. Um, so, so I, I, I'm, I'm I'm almost ready to even say that Dantzler is already anointed, you know, one of those starting CB spots. Um, and then you're not going to not start Peterson. So, Unless they move him to nickel because Shannon Sullivan's not playing well, and you put Booth out. I but mean, that's Sullivan's probably what I would do. But... A good
2: camp, according yeah, to yeah, Peterson exactly. on his podcast,
0: well, there you go. Exactly. So, like, you know, and you know what? That's okay. Let's have a plethora. Let's let, rotate them in and out too as needed. Like, that's
2: okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we've learned, there's there's no shortage of cornerback depth as it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. So, well,
2: and we need quality depth, and that is a good thing. Uh, Too Evil to Hope just posted up, what, Wyatt Davis' is a complete bust, huh? Now come to think of <laughs> well, it, all of our uh, 2021 yeah. third-round picks are busts.
1: Well, Let's make this quick, well,
2: Ryan. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to make it <laughs> quick.
0: Number one, they're third-round picks. So we can't expect – like you're not a bust as a third-round pick. Like At best, what, there's like a 20% chance that they're good at being yeah, a third-round third round pick? Yeah, but a third-round so. pick
2: is expected to contribute.
0: Maybe. Yeah. But again, it's still a huge, like there's a huge failure rate for third rounders and, and below. I agree there. Yeah. So like you're, you're, you know, from a Wyatt Davis standpoint, he fell for a reason. I, I said that on the show after, after the draft last year, I said, you know what? I'm excited about this pick. He's been good in college, but he fell for a reason and he's a third round pick. Let's not get our hopes up. What's coming to fruition is, is, I was right. Like we shouldn't have got our hopes up. Chaz Surratt apparently made a good play today. One good play that I heard <laughs> on Twitter. So who knows, maybe he's figuring it out. Um, and who who do we else do oh, so we have Patrick Jones. Um, I think he was listed as a backup, right? Uh, a yep. second stringer. So, I mean, again, as a third round pick, what do you, what more are you expecting? I was, I thought Janarius Robinson would, you know, pick up his pace and, and start maybe be contributing a little bit more as a fourth round pick and uh, it doesn't it looks like he's in the third string spot so again all these guys they're gonna get live game reps on Sunday the ballers will ball out and and separate themselves as needed so
1: because you you ended your uh, your thought on Sunday's game I'm gonna transition to that and then we'll We'll loop around to some other stuff we had coming in in, in the show today. But uh, you you talked about the game Sunday. It's the first preseason game uh, of the season. And Kevin O'Connell, by the way, has a a tall task to stand up to Mike Zimmer's preseason record. Uh, It was quite high for Mike Zimmer. He he rarely lost in the preseason. So we'll see if Kevin O'Connell can continue that. But it's the first preseason game. Now there's only three instead of four. Um, so it's kind of shifted how, how it goes, but, uh, what should we watch for in this first preseason game? And additionally, who are you watching for in this first preseason game?
0: Yeah, I want to see the rookies. I want to see the second year rookies. So is what I'm calling them. All those rookies that didn't get a chance to play last year because they were in, you know, either just not good or in Zimmer's doghouse, one of the two, um, I, I, that's what I'm excited for. I want like obviously we we're, we're a very top-heavy team. We know what to expect from the offense in terms of you know the receiver room. The um, obviously we have competition as we basically just alluded to earlier in the show. Competition at receivers, so it'll be fun to see that play out. The uh, third or fourth running back spot play out with Ty Chandler and Wangu um, uh, and whatnot. But we 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 know what to expect from like the starters. So it's really more about depth. What are we gonna see from these rookies who are gonna hopefully set their set up the um you know set the stage for their careers of oh we're gonna be a strong contributor on the second team we're gonna be a strong special teams player or we're gonna be you know fighting for that starter spot so obviously I want to see booth that's that was my dude in the draft I was super excited about him I want to see Osamoa obviously I was gonna wear the shirt see I had but I wore it yesterday so I didn't want to wear a dirty shirt on the show um uh, you know, obviously you know, all the rookies, I mean, all the rookies, I was excited about most of the guys. So I want to see those guys play out. I want to see what we have in some of those guys that we just talked about from last year, the Janarius Robinsons, Patrick Jones. Um, I don't think we're going to see Wyatt Davis, which is okay. Um, and, uh, and like Chats are at, Let, like, let's see where those guys are at. Have they gotten better? Can they contribute?
1: Um, we got a couple questions in the chat. Um... Aaron asks, how, "How's the Minnesota Gopher defensive end looking? I forget his name. Uh, I don't think I've heard anything from him thus far. Yeah.
0: On the depth chart, I think he is like fourth string, uh, third or yeah. fourth string. So, uh, but again, to be expected. Uh, from what I hear, he was pretty raw coming out, um, and and he had a lot of work to do on the technique. So, likely a practice squad guy. But again, not a bad you know rap for." Oh, what was he a six-round pick, and yeah. with a relatively raw but a lot of tools to work with? Um, so, you know, excited to kind of see his development over the next, you know, a uh, few weeks, and and then if he makes a practice squad, maybe we'll see him compete for a spot next year. I
1: yeah. just closed the they, link, but did you...
2: they have him listed oh. as a defensive end?
1: Do you have mm-hmm. the link up, Dave?
2: Yeah, I've got the story up.
1: Um, Nicholas asks, "Where's Wanam in the rankings? DJ Wanam." One, D.J. Two, Warnham,
2: uh, outside two. linebackers, he two. and Patrick Jones are the primary backups.
1: Okay, okay. And then we got one other question, uh, and then we'll, we can go back to the preseason game on, on Sunday. But uh, would you guys be mad if Kev, Kevin O'Connell played all the starters for the first half of the third preseason game? I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's different now.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't think the there's really the a precedent, but different. these these guys need to like get hit. Like we were watching that uh, Detroit Lions hard knocks last night. I don't know if you guys watched it. Um, like there yes. there's data, like as Dan Campbell had said, there's data to prove that if you go into the season without like getting hit and being hit and all that, um, like there's a higher risk for injuries. So we we need to get these starters some live game You're reps not- and significant.
1: If you're not hit?
0: Yeah, if you're not. Like, like, if you're not hit in the preseason or in, like, training camp and you go into the season and your first hit is coming at a live game action rep, you know, much higher uh, risk for injury. So, like, they need to get knocked around a little bit. So, I mean, obviously you don't want your quarterback getting hit ever, but all these other guys that are going to be carrying the ball and, and, and the tacklers themselves, they do need to get some live reps. So... Um, I, I don't know if a half of the third preseason game is that might be overkill for it being the last preseason game, but they also get a week off between you know the preseason game and the final and the regular season. So I mean I'm sure it'd be fine. I wouldn't be upset about it. Well, do we like,
1: see
2: any of the starters this Sunday?
1: Yeah, so that that was gonna be my thing. I feel like if I remember last season And Granted, Zimmer and and Kevin O'Connell are going to have very different views on how they want to handle preseason, but I believe because we played the Chiefs last year in their first preseason game, and Zim had the starters out for at least two to three series, if I remember. Um, It was a solid first quarter. I think one of them was a three and out, so obviously that probably indicated an additional series. But I feel like all you've done really is just eliminated one – I mean, it's clear you've eliminated one of the preseason games. So I think we'll see two to three series of the starters on Sunday. I think you'll see the first half come in game two. And then I don't think you see them play in game three. I I really don't. Um, I think that's that's really the time to see just the rookies cut days, you know, a couple like a week after that. So I, I think that's the structure of how it will go. Um, and really and the, I
0: th- I'm totally cool with that. That's That seems like a great idea to me.
1: Because when You've it was remember. four preseason games, they only played one drive in the first game, typically, right? The starters. Right.
2: and so. Yeah, and then a good chunk of the starters, not all the starters, but a good chunk comes out. Mm-hmm. And you may see that Sunday. You've got to remember, even though there's three preseason games, the coaches have sort of figured a way to get that fourth preseason game worth of work. And that'll happen next Thursday and Friday or Wednesday and Thursday, Thursday, Friday, when San Francisco comes in and they do the practices. Those practices, there will be live periods where they're getting the hitting. And most likely those will be ones on ones, right? For the teams because they want to get them tuned up. And then come game two, we get very little starters and then a ton of rookies. Right or a ton of the rest of the roster, and then Game Three, if O'Connell does what um, they did in LA, Game Three, you're barely going to see any starters, and it's going to be all everybody else trying to make the roster. And And we got to
0: see those guys. Yeah, it's that
2: you know the two days of San Francisco and the Vikings practicing together, where all the major ones stuff is taking place.
1: I don't think we see any starters in game three. I I really don't.
2: And I'm I'm happy with that
0: too. Honestly, as long as they're getting some good reps in game two, like they just need to have real game live action. um, More than just a series, right? Like they need to go and, and get knocked around a little bit, especially those linemen. Um, Yeah. And, and before, you know, like I said, before the regular season starts, but we, we really need to use the rest of that to fill out the roster because obviously, as I said earlier, the top of the rosters, we're good. Like we probably know most of the starters already. A few guys yeah. battling for certain spots, but for the most part, say 90% of the starters are defined. So now yeah. it's like we just need to figure out who's going to be those backups, who's going to give us the best chance if some of those starters go down.
2: Mm-hmm. Jarrell had put it there, Skull from Jersey. Welcome, Jarrell. We have two stud tackles and we have two stud pass rushers. I agree. Dude, and I think Jarrell, we're going to be greatly surprised from the interior pass rush when we're yes. talking Tomlinson and Watts and Phillips plug in the middle. I think well, we're going to be happy with that.
1: And and Jarrell leads me right to our next point here because um, we had it in here. We've heard it all training camp long, all training camp long. Every interview you hear – this name pops up, and it's Christian Derisaw. Um We heard, was it O'Connell yesterday, uh, praising him? We've heard Albert Breer praising him, comparing him to a Trent Williams. Which um, is
2: a, go to a future Hall of Famer, and
1: set uh, setting the yeah. bar super, super hot. We've heard Brian O'Neill talk about him on a K-Fan interview not too long ago where he was asked, this isn't direct quote, but he was essentially asked, what do you think about Christian Derrissaw and how he did last year? And he goes, well, let's put it into perspective on my rookie year. O'Neill was like, in my rookie year, I wasn't hurt and I was thrust into the starting right tackle job in week two versus the Packers. And took it over from there, and I had struggles, and you know, kept learning. Christian Darisaw was injured all of all his rookie campaign, yeah. and then the second he was healthy, he was out on the field, and he still played that way. So now he's got a full off season, uh, fully healthy, and like I like we mentioned, people are comparing him to to Trent Williams, which, ironically, we almost traded for a couple years back, uh, allegedly. So, Ryan, are you buying into the hype of Christian Derisaw?
0: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
2: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing?
1: Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 3 Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito well Well, here,
0: here's the thing. I feel very vindicated right now because Darisaw is my guy. I actually had him as, uh, I, if we can go back to the shows from last draft, I had Derisaw as my offensive tackle, too, behind Penny Sewell. And I, I said he was better than Rashan Slater. Again, Slater played amazing last year, so I, I, I'm not going to set Darisaw on that pedestal no for for By the way, not right now.
1: I, I have, have it out you.
0: there. It's it's out there. I, I was a huge Darisaw guy. I said he's going to be. He might even be the best tackle from this draft. But let let's let it play out. And then, of course, last year happened. I was a little disappointed. I was actually going to start eating crow a little, not because he was awful, but because he wasn't as high as I thought he was going to be. Obviously a lot of it had to do the injuries. So the fact that they're coming out right now saying, wow, look at this kid to loads of potential. Obviously he's got to put up, put up or shut up. Right. But like in the, uh, in just the hype, it's making me feel a little vindicated that what I saw on tape, what I saw out of that kid um, at Virginia tech, I was right on uh, with my evaluation. So I've I've been bought into the hype. I never really lost it outside of the fact that he was injured, and I felt a little disappointed that we didn't get to see it last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Jarell Jarell had uh, thrown in a comment here. I wanted a quick address. Uh, He said he thinks um, Evans um, can can play nickel for us with uh, Cam and Pat P. You Sullivan Boyd uh, and Hand as depth. He's he's not even mentioning um, Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth, probably going to be our highest ceiling at the cornerback position, uh, wasn't listed there, Jarrell. So we got to, fit, uh, you know, probably Hand's going to be out um, and, and Booth inserted in there, um, have that opportunity for uh, that rotation to come between uh, Pat, Pat P, uh, Cam, and, and Booth.
1: Dave, I'll give you a chance because I know you like your offensive linemen. I are think. you with Ryan on this? Are you all in on a on a on a Christian Darisaw? I don't know. All 10 maybe?
2: left tackle in the league.
1: Yeah, he's
2: going to be
1: top fifteen. Top fifteen, Dave. Aim higher, man. Let's buy in. He's this only in second. Happy we are he's only
2: in his here. second season. And if you want to learn more about how linemen progress. This Sunday in the pregame show of two old bloggers, because we're going to be on Sunday because Darren's on vacation, for theme three, we're going to talk about offensive linemen, my favorite subject, and their progression. And when does an offensive lineman reach their peak? When do they get it and, you know, top out per the stats that PFF has drawn back over years. We're going to talk about it on Sunday, but guaranteed, he is going to be one of the better. If not, I'll give him fifteen. If he's a top fifteen left tackle, we're happier and all get out. Could he be <laughs> top ten? Top five?
1: Yes. Oh, he's going to be top 10, sure. top ten for I sure.
2: Top ten for sure. I think
1: he can do. Yeah,
2: but we're going to talk about that Sunday. Just as a teaser. All right.
1: Wow all right well let's uh let's keep moving on to another player that has gained a lot of hype and a position that has jaded Vikings fans for many many years and that's the kicker <laughs> position and Greg Joseph. so again, another player that uh is is getting a lot of hype this season Kevin O'Connell came out. And, and pretty much said like yeah when I hear him hit the ball, I know it's going in. the special teams coordinators like oh he's he's got it um I don't know if fans have fully bought into this. I don't know if my if I myself have fully bought into this uh, given all the PTSD from prior seasons, but Ryan, do you think Greg Joseph is is legit? Was it just a coaching change?
0: Well, I mean, he was good last year. Even, I mean, obviously, I know he missed the Arizona kick that lost us the game, but like, I mean, he, he had a solid year last year, like above you mean the one average that the
1: playoffs. Yes, I'm joking. yes,
0: but like <laughs> above above average player or uh, play from the kicker last year compared to what we're used to, I should say. Um, who the one vote of confidence I had was the fact. Get that, rid of that comment,
1: but, Dave. Get rid of that comment. Don't um, let Ryan see it.
0: We should have had Creed Humphrey. I know we should have had Creed Humphrey. Ah, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So my the the where I felt comfortable with Greg Joseph going into this off season was the fact that we I mean did cut our other kicker that we brought into camp quite early into camp. I mean he didn't even make it into. I don't think he even made it to camp. He Ryan, he literally got Ryan. cut before training camp. Ryan. Right.
1: Who was that kicker?
0: Gabe Burkett, who's now on uh, the Packers, former it, Oklahoma it, kicker, former
1: okay,
0: Oklahoma okay. kicker. Yeah. No, don't no, He'll he'll still have a good career, and we'll we we'll regret <laughs> cutting him like we cut Dan Carlson. Um, but yeah, Dan I mean, Carlson? so that's who you're Daniel Carlson. To? Well, I'm just saying we, we regret cutting him. He's the one of the top two kickers in the league, probably. We're uh, uh, but uh, the fact that we felt comfortable cutting this kick, uh, you know, Gabe Burkage, um, so early into what the off-season program, mm-hmm. that because Greg was kicking so well, and I think Burkage wasn't, but you know, the fact that Greg was kicking so well that they felt comfortable with that, that that gave me just a, a sigh of relief, so to speak, uh, from the position that they felt very confident going into training camp that we have our guy. Um yeah. and and he played well last year. He had some really big kicks last year. Obviously missed a couple, uh, but and then yeah, uh, everything from that night practice the other night. Would he go like five for five and hit a sixty yarder to end the uh, end the, seven the, the for night? Eight. Seven yeah. for eight, okay, yeah, and then uh, hit a sixty yarder to end the night or something like that. So you know, yeah, and he's that's hit awesome.
2: multiple high fifties, sixty yard field goals, and. That that was my one knock on Joseph, because I didn't think he had the leg. Um, but he's obviously proved that wrong. And if he can go out there and hit 55 regularly, oh, yeah, buddy. You know, of course, yeah. I want the offense to go down and score six and not have to rely on Greg Joseph to score field goals. But yeah, I'm glad we have him. But, like,
0: having, having a guy you have confidence in um, to, to – to only need, like in, in the Lions game last year, where we needed to get in field goal position and have maybe confidence that all we, like, just like Patrick Mahomes did last year to tie that AFC championship game up, we just need to get to the 35. And mm-hmm. And And Butker is going to kick us to the to overtime, right? Like, if we can have that confidence that the Chiefs have in Bucker, that the Ravens have in Tucker, you know, th- that that's what we need. And apparently the coaching staff has that right now in him.
1: Dave, you're you're, you're all in,
2: Yeah. No, I'm – hey, I'm sure as well as he's kicking now, he'll kick great during the season, and then we'll taste the miss in the playoffs. But
1: – God damn it, Dave. We're
2: scarred. Last, we're scarred the other week, over the history of being Vikings fans. But I am in – he is the best kicker we've had in a long time.
1: I'm knocking on wood right now because the other week when we were on this show, um, not with Eric, but the week prior – you also said that we are going to go 8 eight and one uh, well, that, that's to be been an my, equal five hundred.
2: That's been my stick since the end of the season, and they came out with the the initial line of wins. I, I just hate 8. what 5.
1: you're putting on this team, Dave. The negative energy. <laughs> hey, it's killing me.
2: If I go pessimistic or you know the you know glass half full stuff at uh, five hundred. And we end up five hundred. It's like, yeah. See, that's what I figured. If we end just, up with twelve wins, win the division. Thirteen wins, fourteen wins, secure home field playoff or home field advantage during the playoffs. That's gravy,
1: right? Just uh, it's just, just wait until we view start doing predictions each week.
2: It's just a way to view life after all these decades of disappointment.
1: Yeah, you've lived through it all, so. Um two more topics before we close here uh miles mentioned last week which by the way if you're if you're tuning in um or or here right now thank you for all the comments um being active in the chat we really appreciate it uh miles last week before the show suggested throughout training camp we do a a rookie roundup Mm -hmm. uh you know segment uh just highlighting a rookie or rookies that have been doing well in training camp or not doing well, I guess you could, you could do it that way as well. Um, so for this segment, um, I'm actually kind of going to defer to Mary's question a while back, but it was about Louis Cien, And she asked if he had been a disappointment and I'll, I'll defer to Ryan on this. Cause I feel like he's a little bit more plugged in than I am, but, um, I don't think he's been a disappointment. I think I think he's actually kind of stood out, but they're still waiting. I think they're I think they're kind of like feeding him slowly, um, and maybe he'll progress to be, you know, very exciting. But Ryan, why don't why, why don't you give your thoughts on Louis Louis Seen for the uh, the rookie roundup segment?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I like Scene. I like what I've seen from Lewisine, um in the um, in the training camp, from what clips I've seen, as well as what I'm reading online. Again, I haven't made my way down there, so I'm not seeing all this stuff live. So it's a little bit more difficult for me to truly give an assessment. But um, everything I'm reading and everything I'm seeing is he's picking up the offense or the defense. Um, he's, he's making it challenging for the offense. We want him um, to be
1: picking off the offense. Yeah,
0: there you go. And he is—I um, just hear he's dynamic, sideline to sideline, like covers ground like no other. Um, one one clip came out where he kind of went up and high pointed the ball with the receiver, knocked it down, and gave him the Dikembe Matumbo mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. no. Like, like, and 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 not to stray away from scene, but like him and Andrew Booth are two first picks that we grabbed. They're both just dogs. They're, yeah. they're chirping. They're they're talking shit. So they are ensuring that the defense is going to have some attitude on the back end, and because again, we have Zedaria Smith, he's going to have some attitude. I hear Harrison Phillips can you know talk to talk a little bit as well. Daniel Hunter's always kind of been a quiet guy. I don't think he chirps a lot. Kendrick doesn't chirp a lot. Smith doesn't chirp a lot. So. It's going to be a breath of fresh air to get some defense, defensive players who, you know, are going to maybe, you know, get in the heads um, of these, of these uh, opposing uh, offensive uh, talent that's going against us. So really excited to see that dog mentality from Scene and Booth so early on in their careers.
1: And if you are somehow new to Vikings happy hour, if there's one trait that Ryan Ortega likes with his rookies or players in general, he likes the dog mentality, so mm-hmm. uh, there's no doubt that he's is. Especially, especially from my
0: cornerbacks, especially from my cornerbacks. if you are a yep. cornerback, that's gonna chirp. Oh God, that's the best. I'm like actually, I'm I'm have been following a, l- a little bit with the Carolina Panthers as well, just because Baker's there, and uh, there's just a lot of talk between you know apparently just chirping from Dante Jackson and Baker all the time, and like that's what football is to me, like hearing that and having like pushing each other. And then we watched hard knocks last night and you got Aaron Glenn, the coach and do Staley, the coach and the whole time yeah. those two offense and defense are going at it. They're just chirping each other the whole time. Like that's what football <laughs> is to me. And uh, I love seeing it. And I love that booth and scene are bringing that to the table for us. And you know, Jefferson's doing it too. You know it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, last topic of the night and Dave, um, I think he is asking about your art, so I'll give you a chance to speak here when we close um, to talk about what you're potentially working on. But uh, we're only a few days away from the first preseason game. It's, it's, it feels real now. Um, and seeing Kevin O'Connell out there on the night practice the other night, speaking to the fans, speaking to his team, this isn't a slight to Zim at all. Don't get don't get this construed. Don't take my words out of context. Uh, but O'Connell seems composed and confident walking onto that field with this roster, almost like mm-hmm. like he somehow fleeced somebody in a trade, and is just like, oh, oh, wait, wait for what I have in store for you this season. Um,
0: so you're saying same. Zimmer was trashed, that had no confidence walking in with his team? I
1: I think you're I think your your mic got <laughs> muted there. But anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> he he's saying all the right things and it's easy to, right? He's never stepped he's never had a game with this team. We've never crucified him uh after a after a loss. But I don't know, man. There's there's something about this guy where if you're not all in on Kevin O'Connell at this point, like, get the fuck off the bandwagon. Like, we're in now. We got elite offensive talent. I think the defense has to improve. And I still don't trust that the Packers are going to be that good. I still don't. Like, Ooh, losing Devontae is huge. Um, losing losing Devonte and knowing how much Aaron Rodgers is in his mind, um, I think losing Nathaniel Hackett is going to be bigger than people think, especially early on in the season. So, with that being said, Ryan, help me fuel this flame and tell me why you're excited about Kevin O'Connell.
0: I mean, exactly what you just said, honestly. Like, he brings – and actually, I was listening uh, today. I was listening to Jefferson – Justin Jefferson on uh, NFL Network. Jefferson Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson. On NFL Network um, talking about the – just the change in – like, I I think uh, Jarrell said it. There's just more swag to the team. Like, Zim brought this kind of more hard-nosed, no-nonsense – this is football business to the game, and, and and O'Connell's allowing them to be themselves a little bit more, and that allows the team to play a little looser, a little bit more fun, which then again kind of fuels the confidence, which fuels you know hopefully momentum, and and we can kind of build from there. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a Super Bowl winning team, but you know I, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. And and, and to your point around uh, the Packers, you know. Not only did, I mean they they are going to get better on defense in you know with getting some players back yeah, on defense, but uh, but yeah, I mean when when your best receiver is Alan Lazard and no, no shade <laughs> at him, like uh, he's a fine receiver, but like you you don't have an elite receiver. And and again, this is what Aaron Rodgers is known to do, though. So I don't want us to like sit here and and and, and sit on a on a pedestal saying, oh well, he doesn't have any tools he made, I, I'm not going to say you're going to say he made Devontae Adams because he's obviously a very good receiver, but he's going to make receivers look a lot better than they actually are. And that's evident by all the receivers that have left him throwing him the football and they weren't nearly as good as they used to be. And that could be the Packers getting rid of them at the right time. But I think a lot of it has to do with just the arm talent that, and the confidence the receiver has in the quarterback. So, um, so I, I still think they're going to be a formidable opponent. I don't think that week one is going to be a cakewalk for us. But I don't think that – I think that they should be thinking the same about us. Like, Yes. Yeah, we were 8-9 last year, but we lost a lot of games by one score in the last minute. We have a new offensive coach who's going to allow our offensive to hopefully stay pedal to the metal. We have a new – and, and that's what O'Connell brings to the table, right? Um, and we have – again, and we were talking about this in the group chat. Like Our defense, yeah, we lost Zimmer, and Zimmer is a phenomenal play caller from a defensive perspective. He is. It's not, yeah, it's not like no we're getting, that. but we're not getting some unknown dude. Like like when we brought in, um, uh, who was our offense coordinator last year again? Uh, uh, Kubiak, Clint. Yeah, when we brought Clint, Clint Kubiak, yeah, spot like we, we didn't have any confidence in the guy because we've never seen him do what he's done. Ed Donatel yeah. has managed, and I know he wasn't always play calling, but he has put together game plans and managed very good defenses for the bears when they used to like be really tough for us to get by and for the Broncos the last couple of years. So I'm not going to sit here and say, we're going to have this huge step back on defense. Cause one, we can't step back any further than last year's defense, but two um, there's some exciting rookies and a good play caller to co or a good defensive mind to, to, to couple with that.
1: Yeah. Dave, are you all in on Kevin O'Connell? You've I seen am. a lot of head coaches in your in your lifetime.
2: I am, and it goes in cycles. Um, I love what Kevin O'Connell is doing. I love the youth. I love the vigor. I, but he's bringing the swag, especially the offensive side. It is needed. Uh, Mike Zimmer wore off. What Mike Zimmer brought was needed at the time. You know, We come yeah. off of 2014, and our defense was horrible. They needed to build up the defense. Zimmer did that. He gave them purpose. He gave them drive. They became the number one defense in the NFL. You can't beat that. Well, that wore off, you know, and costs and stuff, and it all changed, and it got tiresome, and they're gone, right? Uh, Zimmer and Spielman both are gone. So now we they tend to, when you have an authoritarian, go to a player's coach. And then you will flip back and, you know, it goes back and forth. It just works that
1: way. Yeah, yeah.
2: I like what he's bringing. I think Kevin O'Connell is smart. I think he's quite intelligent. I think what he's doing and the whole aspect he and Kwesi work together um, is coming from sort of a different angle than other coaches and front offices have tried. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be successful. Hopefully it's extremely successful. Hopefully we're we're doing a you know uh, talking about a parade in end of February next year. But <clears throat> I think it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for the season. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm too.
2: Worst we're going mean, to do is he, eight, eight, he, eight, eight eight
0: one. Eight eight one. one it, he, he he speaks so well though too. Right, like when when you this listen thing. to him in an interview, like you yeah like. For the like, even the non-football person, like I'm not a like hardcore football person. Like I love football, and I you know play, I know it very well. But like I'm not, I'm not in the building, right? He can break it down in a in an interview so well, where it's like, oh, I totally understand what he's trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And like, yeah. And, and coaches don't usually do that. So like, I, I just, I feel like he really brings this different dynamic of like trust and. Um, Energy and and just like thorough and thoughtfulness and a um a, ver- a very methodical approach to the to the coaching position. So,
1: yeah i i am I am all in. I in my bio it already it already says that I'm a Kevin O'Connell stan. So we we are.
0: <laughs> does that really? We are.
1: You know. Of course it does. I I I am a Viking stand. So whoever's leading this team, I'm I'm gonna back them. I don't care who it is. Um, Kevin,
0: I also Casey just, O'Connell stand. It really says it. It also says Ariana Grande stand. So I don't, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I should trust you on this one. Hey, Didn't
1: you well, like
0: Taylor Swift.
1: Hey, we all have our music tastes, Okay, if we can just put that <laughs> off into a different episode. All right. Um. I, I did I did think about the uh, the Vikings happy hour Twitter page changing that slogan um, to the longer the show goes the more optimistic we get uh, <laughs> because that's typically how it goes uh, on these game changer sixteens having a shot for you Dave so well that's, back, that's Donnie,
2: and thank you Donnie appreciate it
1: uh, man I tell you what uh, not only am I excited for Kevin O'Connell in this in this biking season, uh, because the next time we meet, there will actually be a game played and we can talk about the game. But um I'm excited for our our like rapid fire segment and, and I'll work mm-hmm. on that a little bit, but the over unders in, in the predictions, man, it's all coming back and football's here, guys. We well, have what, what what's waited. also
0: exciting is having the listeners active with with their own opinions throwing into this comment like it, it's it's a lot of fun to actually have a lot of the interactions and and really build the momentum back up to this football season because you know half of w- the joy i get out of doing this show is literally this comment bar on the side and seeing what people are saying and their opinions Absolutely. and stuff. so keep them coming yeah. everyone we really appreciate it um, make sure we're also commenting if you're watching this next day or uh, podcasts, we read all that stuff. So we appreciate it.
1: We do read all of it. And in fact, um, you guys have responded to our request the past couple weeks about going to our YouTube channel and liking and subscribing. So if you could keep doing that, that would be awesome. Our goal is 4,000 subscribers by the end of this season. Uh, I feel like winning will make that happen quicker. Mm -hmm. Losing might not help as much, but still. (laughs) We've gained a lot of followers in the last week. We're on our way upwards. So, if you could please tell your friends, tell your family, make second, third accounts. I don't give a shit. Go over, (laughs) like, subscribe. It does help pay some of
2: the bills. Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. So, um, great show. I appreciate you guys hopping on again. Um, I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my evening with my in laws up here at the North Shore. But if you're listening to this right now, Please come back next week as we do have a guest and a full squad from every, I think, a full squad. I haven't heard of anything. Um, Miles will be back, me, Ryan, Dave, and special guest Luke Braun from Lockdown Vikings will be here next Wednesday night. Um, He'll be back out in L.A. with his full camera setup and uh, fresh off a Vikings game. I don't want to say victory because I don't really know. Uh, It's preseason, who cares about the the ending of the game? But we'll have a lot to talk about next week, so uh, come back then and join us for what's bound to be another eventful episode. Dave, you have to respond to some artwork questions and then fill the guests in on what's coming this week. As
2: far as the art, I have not worked on anything in a while, sort of been out of the rut. However... If you look at today's thumbnail for this show, you will see Osborne, Jefferson, and Thielen on there. Should I rework that into a three deep
1: second evolution? 100%. 100% yes. Piece of work. Yep. Don't even finish the question. Do it. Okay. I'll work on that. And then I'll buy it. Then I'll buy it from you and put it in my basement. Okay.
2: Sounds good. And for the schedule, Climbing the Pocket Broadcast, instead of yesterday, which they were supposed to be, they've got moved to Thursday because Flip's work got in the way, unfortunately. We have Viking Hot Takes. After their long sabbatical, are finally returning to the airwaves they will be on tomorrow night. I'm going to have a new roll-in. We're going to do that. Again, it's six questions, 20 minutes, fastest, quickest hitting uh, Vikings evening show, talking about what there is with, you know, the great Flip Mozzie and Eric Thompson of Daily Norseman. Two old bloggers will not be on Saturday. Like I said, Darren's on vacation. He's in Nova Scotia today. He had lobster. Celebrating from up there. He showed a picture of about, I think it was six or seven or eight of them they'd cooked up. Oh, God, it didn't look good. He's having a good time with his family. However, he will be here Sunday with us. And we're going to go live approximately an hour, a little over an hour prior to the game. We're going to go over our three themes. First theme is going to be looking at that game. We're going to look at the Raiders game. What do we expect? Do we expect the starters to start? You know, how many series do they play? What are we expecting to see of the rookies, et cetera? I'm going to go deep diving the rest of this week into the Raiders, see what's coming up with them, right? What rookies are they going to be looking at? I don't expect to see a lot of Carr and a lot of Cousins, but We're going to see a lot of other stuff. And we want to see the battle. It's preseason. We want to see these guys fight to make the teams, right, whether it be the Raiders or the Vikings. We both want to see that. And uh, it's going to be in the new stadium there. I think it's the first time the Vikings have played in that stadium. So it should be fun to see.
1: Let's do it.
2: Then at the two-minute mark left in the game, we will have the first – Post game show the final score for climbing the pocket. We will go live at the two minute mark left in the game and we will go on from there. I will be there. I'm not sure uh, how many of the other regulars, Matt, is going to be there, but we will be there. We'll talk about what we've seen because it should be an interesting game to Lewis digest C. and see who did well. And Then that's we this. start all over again on Monday.
1: We're we're starting the we're starting the post game on Sunday. Yes, we are. Yeah, I'll see if I can make it work. I'll let you know. Okay.
2: But that's climbing the pocket so far. We're ramping up. We're getting up to you know full regular season mode. Yeah. Show by show.
0: I'll be at the lake during the game, so I'm going to have to watch from my phone and hope that my in laws do not care. Last time I did that, I drank like a whole bottle of scotch and I was hammered. So um, <laughs> hopefully I don't repeat
2: that performance. We'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us, Dave. What do we say? Skull, Skull Bikes. bikes. Skull games. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout out goes to our partners, the Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody.